Well, Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, for those of you I don't know, my name's Todd, and I am really glad that you're here this morning. It is the first Sunday of the new year and um, the first Sunday of the new decade. Um, it's uh, kind of a benchmark uh, day, and, and tomorrow will be, you know, benchmark Monday. Uh, I, I, it's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? 2020. Some of you are like, I didn't think I'd be here in 2020. You know, I just didn't even, I wasn't 100% sure I'd be here in 2020, but here you are. And um, we are here, and I'm glad that you are here. We're kicking off this brand new series called Reset. And uh, man, I, I'm really glad you're here because this is the time of year, and you know, it's a, it's a brand new, it's the first Sunday of the new, new uh, week, month, year, and decade. And that's why it's such a benchmark. Uh, the calendar kind of screams out at us that this is the perfect time of year to start a, a, a new good habit, to end a, an old bad habit. That's why we have donuts for you today <laughs> to get it started right. Because I've been saying for four days, I'm starting Monday. I'm starting Monday. I'm starting Monday. I keep saying that. And I'll probably be saying on Monday, I'll probably be saying, I'm starting Monday. I'm starting Monday. I'm starting Monday. So, um, and, uh, so it is the time of year that we do that. But this year in particular, it's kind of a big year for that. And so uh, we, we may want to be starting a new habit. We may want to end an old habit. We may want to uh, look at our relationships and decide that there are some new relationships that we need to have. There are some uh, maybe old relationships that we need to rekindle. Uh, maybe there are things in our life um, that we know it's time to get rid of. It's time to bring that to an end. It's time to start this new thing. It's time to get serious about our relationship with the Lord. It's time to get serious about our family and our finances and all of those things we do this time of year and in particular this year because it's the start of a brand new decade and it is refreshing isn't it I mean it is it's refreshing the start of a new year is incredibly refreshing it's exhilarating and so um, it, it is a benchmark time and so we are kicking off this brand new series called reset now, how many of you have ever made a call to tech support? Raise your hand this morning. How many of you have ever made a call to tech support? All right. Um, all right. Very good. How many of you have, have had at least one time that you did not have your problem solved when you called tech support? All right. Yep. Very good. I'm with right there with you. I think my favorite thing is the new one where you call in the cable company when your cable's not working and they say to go unplug the cable box. Like I haven't thought about that first, like I haven't done that. And I, how many of you skip over that step? You're like, you know, I'm just going to go right to the next step, right? I do that. I skip over to the next step. I loved it. Um, this is a few months back. I was having trouble with my computer. And um, I, I realized I was in trouble about halfway through the, the phone call, which was after about 45 minutes of waiting. Um, I realized I was in trouble because I realized that the person on the other end of the phone knew less than I did. And that's really scary, all right? So it really is very, very scary that they knew less than I did. And I think we all have had those times in our lives um, where we've had a, a bad tech support or um, as I call it, a uh, tech non-support call. So, um, but uh, it, it, it is something that we get frustrated with. But I think that it's interesting because this is the time of year that we can press reset in our lives and with our lives and I got to be honest with you, if we try to do that without the help of God, we are toast. We're dead in the water. 
We need him to be the one to help us press reset. One thing I've realized with all these tech support calls through the years is when you press reset, it usually fixes the problem. And I want you to know today that God is a God that can help you in your life press reset. He can help you press reset. He can help you to restart, to bounce back, to to reset whatever it is or the many things that you're thinking of um, that have gone wrong in your life to help you break that old bad habit, to help you start the new one, to help you have uh, a new relationship, uh, uh, to, to have a new freshness in finances. It's a benchmark time, but if we leave those things to chance, it won't happen. If we leave those things to chance, it won't happen. If we leave it up to ourselves, we will start and then we'll stop. You know, tomorrow morning, a lot of you will go to the gym. And you know it's gonna be full tomorrow morning. Some of you who go to the gym on a regular basis, you're gonna be a little ticked, right? You're like, where were all these people back like three weeks ago? And I'm here every single day, right? And you're like, I'm a little ticked that all these people, don't worry, three weeks and it'll all be over. They'll all be gone. You'll have it back to yourself. Because when we rely on ourselves, we are going to fail with reset, right? Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, Anyway, so if left to chance, it won't happen. If we leave it to ourselves, we will start, but we won't finish. It will quit. And left to our past experience, we will burn out or we may fizzle out. But what we learned back in December about Mary when she encountered the angel Gabriel is that with God, all things are Possible, And I want you to know today that you have a God who wants to help you press reset in whatever area it is in your life that you need or areas that you need to press reset in this new year, in this new decade, in this new week, this new month. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. We're going to be taking a look at two verses today that will be kind of the springboard for this series that we're entering today. It'll be, it'll be the springboard as, as we take a look at different areas of our lives that we are going to look at. And it's interesting, Isaiah is such an interesting book. It has, um, it has 66 chapters. And the first 39 chapters, here's the theme of Isaiah in a nutshell. The theme is Israel, the nation of Israel, God's people, the Jewish people. It's their sin and God's judgment. It's a real happy time. And so chapters 1 through 39 is a tough understanding of the results, the spiritual results of sin and God's judgment. But then Isaiah, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, turns the page. And chapter 40 to 46 begins this message of comfort and of hope and of promise. And some of you came in here today, and if you're really honest, like October, November, and December was a little bit like Isaiah 1 through 39. And all you can focus on is the sins of the past, the old, the stuff that happened to you, the things that you did and the unfortunate consequences that come from that. All you can think about is how much you've been hurt and maybe you've been lied to and maybe people have have, uh, done things to you and against you and those things that maybe you've done that you're not proud of and all you're kind of just sitting in Isaiah 1 through 39. And I wanna let you know that there's hope and there's comfort and there's promise because our God is a God of Isaiah 40 through 66 as well. It's awesome. 
And Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 is where I want to park, and it's where we will jump from over the course of these next few weeks. Here's what the prophet said, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. And then he says this, behold, I am doing a new thing. He says, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Some of you walked in here today and right now, like your 2019 was a desert. It was a wilderness. And there are some things that happened to you and things that you did. And you think that there's no possible way that in this wilderness, there is actually a path out. And for some of you, you're in the midst of a desert. Maybe it's a 10 year, maybe it's a decade long desert. And you think there's no way that I can ever find water in the midst of the desert. And I want you to know that your God, the God that we serve, the God that we've just sung to and worshiped, he's a God that can bring a path to your wilderness. He can bring a spring in the midst of a desert. And over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what it re means to reset my passion in life, talking about our head and our heart and our soul. We're going to be talking about what it means to reset our relationships. In, in week four, we're going to be talking about what it means to reset in our finances. And I want to remind you that we have donuts, so be here for that one. Because <laughs> some of you are like, yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm out of town that week. Be here for that one. In our last week, we're going to talk about what it means to reset with our influence, with our spiritual influence. But today, I want to start because right here in Isaiah 43, I think we've got three foundational principles. Here's what I know about me, and I think that's, it's pr pretty true of most people, is that if we are left to ourselves, it is going to be very hard for us to accomplish the goals that we have. And so I want to take from this passage, I think, three foundational principles or steps that will help us pave the way for, for, for this life reset. Because I think if we just go at it and take a look at what the Bible says about relationships, take a look at what the Bible says about finances and money and, and our possessions, or if we take a look at what the Bible says about our passions or our influence without understanding just this, this belief in God and understanding of who God is, our theology, if you will, then I think we're really setting ourselves up for failure. And so I want to take from this, this passage, I think it just screams at us three foundational steps that will help us with paving the way for a life reset. The first one is this, that we can forget the events of yesterday that we can forget the events of yesterday. Look at what Isaiah said. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, there are some things that we want to remember. We want to remember spiritual markers, right? We want to remember the things that God has done where we've relied on him and we've learned from him and where he's brought us and who he's introduced us to. And we want to remember those milestones, he talks about setting up spiritual markers. We need to remember those things. I had someone in between services that said, I kind of take that first one and say, let, let us learn from past experience. I like that. That's good. That's really good. 
But here's the problem. So many of us, and I'm saying us because I do the same thing, we spend so much time dwelling on our past success, our past victories, and that gives us a false sense of security and even an arrogance about what the future looks like. When all we do is live and dwell on those things of the past where we have had success, I think we trick ourselves. I think we lead ourselves to believe that we're better than we are. And conversely, and this is my problem more than, any, any, more than the first one, is when we hang out and when we dwell upon those mistakes we've made in the past. Because if we hang out in those mistakes we've made in the past, those sins that we've committed, those things that we've done against the people that we love the most, if we hang out there forever, it leads us to a place of self-loathing and discouragement and even depression. We get stuck in a low gear. And Isaiah seems to say here in Isaiah chapter 43, 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. You see, when we do that, that gives us permission to glance at the rearview mirror, but make sure that we're looking straight out the windshield of life, facing forward, ready for what's next. And I love that about Isaiah. I love that, that our God says we need to not remember what's happened in the past. We need to focus on the future. My family gets tired of me telling stories of old. They get tired, Sydney's down here, my son's back in the back, and my wife, we've been married 25 years coming up this summer. Um, they get tired of hearing stories of the past because sometimes I dwell on the past. I talk about what it was like when we were younger and when we were growing up, that was the phrase that my kids used to mock me um, about is when we were growing up, this is what happened and that's what happened and that, that's what happened. It really makes me old. So anyway, but we have a tendency, don't we, to kind of just dwell on, we hang out so much in the past. And Isaiah says, when it comes to us having a reset in life, when it comes to us finding our true trust in God, we need to forget the things and the events of yesterday. But Isaiah 43 goes on, and I think it tells us that we need to secondly embrace God's work today. We need to embrace God's current work today. We need to accept that he is doing something that's not in the past anymore, that's not in the future. We'll talk about that in a moment, but he is doing something now. My favorite part of this passage is verse 19, Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, he says, I, what's that next word? I am doing something new. And I love that next phrase. Man, if there's anything I want to be my theme for 2020, it's this. Now, now it springs forth. Now it's happening right now. It's happening here. It's happening today. God is doing something. Behold, I am. It's present. It's not past. It's not coming. It is here. He is doing something new now. It springs forth. And then I love the prophet because a prophet always gives us a challenge. And right there, just after now it springs forth, he gives us a challenge. Do you not perceive it? I love that part. He's like, 
child of God, don't you recognize? Don't you see? Can't you perceive? Can't you tell that something of God is going on now? And see, my problem is, is when I get stuck in the past, when I get stuck in the past, I can't see what God is doing in the present. I can't see the work that he is currently doing when I'm so focused on what's happened yesterday. And my guess is, is if you're here today, if you're within the sound of my voice and you say, man, I don't perceive it, I can't tell if God's doing something, then, then maybe either you don't yet know him, which is a possibility, or perhaps you're not looking for what he's already doing. Because my guess is if you stopped and paid attention, you would see that he's doing something. That he's doing something. Now, sometimes we like to think that that something is all comfort, which is what Isaiah you know, uh, 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 chapter 40 and beyond is for. But sometimes what he's doing may cause us temporary pain. Because he loves us enough that he may lead us to a place where we decide it's time to rip that habit out of our lives. It's time to take that thing that we never thought that we could get over. And it's time for us to be committed, sincerely committed on our part to get rid of that thing. And to trust that God is going to help us to get rid of that thing. Or maybe it's the new thing that you know that God is leading you to. Maybe you're here today and, and you've, maybe you've never had time when daily you met with him, when every day you spent time with him and you know that that's what you need for a successful life and a successful spiritual journey. And maybe you've never encountered that and God is leading you to the place where he's saying, hey, take 15 minutes, take 20 minutes out of your morning. Or if, if you're like me, the older I get, you're not as much of a morning person. Maybe it's at night, or maybe it's a, a time and a place in the middle of the day where you can get alone with him and spend time with him. Maybe he wants you to start a brand new habit that leads you to a more fulfilled relationship with him. And because of that, a more fulfilled life. Don't you perceive it? God is doing something right now. It's not passive. It's not slow. It's not later. It's not delayed. It's happening right now. And I think the last thing that jumps off the page from Isaiah chapter 43 is the idea of anticipating the promises of tomorrow. We need to not, not just embrace God's current work today and forget the events of yesterday, but we've got to anticipate the promises of tomorrow. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this, Christ follower. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. That's what God says, declares the Lord. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And he says this, it's plans for, what's that next word? Say it with me. It's plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a what? A future and a what? And a hope. And maybe you came into this place today and your spiritual experience of the past, and I'm so sorry about this, your spiritual experience of the past is like, man, I think God is against me. And maybe you're perceiving, maybe you think, maybe you believe, maybe your theology is that God is against you. Maybe you think the, 
the trouble that you've had in 2019, the trouble that, you've, that has been forced upon you by someone else in the past, maybe the things that you've brought on yourself, maybe you blame all of that on God. And maybe you walked in here today thinking God is against you. I want you to know today that he is for you and he is for your good. He doesn't want you to have evil brought on you. And maybe the things that you've experienced are just the result of, of selfishness on the part of someone else. Or maybe a lack of focus on your part. I don't know. But we so easily blame the one that's easy to blame, and that's God. But I want you to know today that he is for you. He has a plan for you, and it's for welfare, and it's for a future, and it's for a hope. And maybe you're like, but Todd, you have no idea the trouble that I've had. I don't. You don't know the health issues that I've had. I don't. You don't know the relationship mess that is being created and forced upon me. I, I don't. I don't understand that. You don't know the issues that I face every day when I go to work. I don't know that. You don't know how terrible my sports teams are. Yes, I get that one. I do get that one. But I want you all to hear. I want Hilton Head Island Community Church to hear that he has a future and a hope. And it is for good. And we need to, as we mentioned a couple series ago, we need to pray with our eyes wide open, expecting, anticipating the promises that he has for us tomorrow. Your world may have been very dark at the end of 2019. And my prayer for all of us, my prayer for our church, my prayer for you, my prayer for my family, for me, is that we would understand this foundational principle that years and years, centuries ago, Isaiah, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, brought the message to God's people. And he brings it to us today to forget the events of the past, to embrace God's current work today, and to anticipate the promise of tomorrow. You know, if we are serious about a life reset, we have to understand these things. It's not just that they're going to help us. It's that they're going to make us. They're going to make us. And if we truly want a life reset, it requires an unwavering trust in God's work in us and a sincere commitment on our part to respond to that work, to respond to the work that God is doing. Are you ready to respond? Are you ready to seriously stop focusing on the rear view mirror and focus on what's ahead of you? Are you ready, seriously ready, to anticipate what God is doing now, to embrace the work that he's doing now, even though it may cause temporary pain? Are you willing to anticipate his promise of hope and a future? Man, that's the message of the cross. That's the message of the gospel. That's not just the message for us now or for them then. That's what God has been speaking to us since the beginning of time. 
He's done a great work here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. I, I forgot to mention, um, on Christmas Eve, we, how many of you were at the four o'clock service on Christmas Eve? Raise your hand. Yeah, you and everyone else. You, you guys and everyone else. It was, we had standing room only in here, standing room only in backstage. Um, thank you for those of you who are in backstage. You guys rock. Uh, the second two services were also full, um, but we had 17 people who accepted Jesus Christ as their savior for the first time. And that's the reason we do what we do. Some of you are like, stop remembering the past. No, those are spiritual markers. <laughs> those are spiritual markers. That's what we need to remember. We had, um, I don't know if you know this, but there were 60,000 students and young singles that gathered at the Atlanta Mercedes-Benz Stadium to worship our God just a few days ago. And they rung in the new year by praising God at Passion. We had eight of them here. Justin led our team to Passion. I'm so thankful for a guy who would do that, a leader, a, a student pastor, a next-gen pastor who would do that. Justin, thank you for leading those eight people down there. But church, if we're going to see the things that God wants for us individually, spiritually, and as a church, we're going to get serious about what he's doing. What is he doing right now? What is he doing right now? What is he doing in your life right now? Are you paying attention? Are you looking out? He's been working since the beginning of time, all through creation. He sent his son, as we talked about on Christmas Eve, into a wooden manger. And then he sent him to a wooden cross to be nailed on that cross, to bleed, and to die, to rise again three days later so that you could have eternal life. And just like passion, the passion movement brought in the new year, worshiping God literally in the middle of the night as the uh, clock struck uh, midnight on 2020. Um, we, his church here in this community, um, we are going to celebrate by participating and partaking in the Lord's Supper today. And I want to encourage you today, if you're a Christ follower in here, I want to encourage you to, to partake, to receive communion. And I use the word receive because we are, the, we are the recipients of God's great gift of salvation, are we not, church? We are the great, we are the recipients of God's great gift of salvation. And so when we partake in communion, we receive those elements. And here in a few minutes, actually, I'm going to ask the band and I'm going to ask uh, those who are serving communion this morning to go ahead and get in place. And here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a little different than we normally do. It worked in the first service. So we're, I'm going to pray here in a moment. And after I'm done praying, our, our team is going to lead us in a last song today. And during that last song, I'm going to ask you, if you're a Christ follower, to come to these tables and to receive the elements and you can take that little cracker, and you can take that cup. It's filled with grape juice. Take it with you back to your seat. Pull over to the side, maybe with your family. Spend some time talking, praying together, whatever you want to do as we worship. And you guys can take those elements on your own. Sometimes we take it together as a church family. Today, um, you're going to come up, and you're going to come up to the front, and you're going to receive those elements on your own. But here's what I want you to do. As you hold that wafer, that cracker in your hand. I want you to focus on the body of Christ, that body that was ripped 
It was pierced with those thorns. And as you hold that cup, I want you to think about the blood that was shed because those things are a representation of what he did on the cross. That great work of his that's going on right now in your life, that began on the cross. It actually began with creation, but it began on the cross. Church, we don't need to be afraid. I know there's a lot of reasons when you look in the news and all the events of the past week, why there's, there's a lot of opportunity for us to fear, but we have no reason to fear because he's in control. He has been since day one, since day one. Imagine what those disciples were going through as he hung there on the cross. Imagine what his family was going through as he hung there on the cross and the fear that they had. So today, as you hold those elements and as you partake of those elements, sincerely take a moment and thank God for what he did for you specifically. And thank him for what he is currently doing. And ask him to give you a picture of what his promises for tomorrow are for you. The Apostle Paul gave instructions to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. I want to read it this morning before we come to the table. He wrote this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This morning, I want you to take your time. You don't all have to jump up at once. Please don't all get up at once. I'm gonna ask you to come through these main two aisles up, and if you would go back around against the walls, that would help us out with flow. And I want you to be thinking about the fact that when you participate, when you partake, when you receive the Lord's Supper, you are participating and proclaiming what God has done all through the course of human history. What an amazing thing that we take part in. It's hard to even imagine that it's something that still goes on today. It's incredible to think about that we get to participate in that. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I thank you that Isaiah gives us so much hope. And while we don't need to ignore our own Isaiah 1 through 39, we don't need to ignore the pain, the success, the failure, the victory, the sin, the restoration of the past. God, I pray that you would help those of us who are in this room who struggle with staying in the past to move on, to bounce back. Help us to see what you're currently doing. Help us to see what you're doing right now, today in our lives. And God, give us a picture of what your promise is for tomorrow. And God, I thank you so much that you are willing to go to the cross, 
to pay the price for our sin, to take that penalty that we deserve for sin to the cross with you. Thank you for the pain that you went through, the blood that was shed, the body that was broken, the humiliation that you endured. God, I thank you for doing that for us. And I thank you for rising again three days later so that we could have eternal life with you when we're in heaven. And Father, we celebrate that now. We remember that now with gratitude, with thanksgiving. God, may we be people who proclaim what you did in partaking and participating in communion this morning. Thank you for the bread. Thank you for the cup and what they represent. We receive it now with thanksgiving in your name we pray.